Suratul Najm, one of my favorite surahs in the Quran. Suratul Najm, Najm means, Najm means star. Suratul Najm is a Makki surah and it has 62 short verses. And the Prophet ﷺ recited the surah in public in Makkah. And when he recited the surah before the mushrikeen, this surah had such a profound effect on all of the listeners that by the time the Prophet ﷺ reached the last ayah, every single person who was present over there prostrated. It was as if they were overcome with the effect of the surah And it didn't matter whether they rejected the Prophet ﷺ or they worshipped idols or what their state was. The Qur'an said the last verse that the Prophet ﷺ recited was فَسْجُدُ The word is فَسْجُدُ And everyone fell in prostration except for one man. And inshallah we will learn about that in the narration of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. And the reason why I'm mentioning this is to make you realize how powerful the surah is. Its words, its eloquence is so captivating that it's as if you get caught up with that and it literally overpowers you. The Prophet ﷺ, he recited the surah and at the end of the surah is a verse of sajda, which is why everyone went in prostration. And Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu said that surah al-Najm was the first surah in which a prostration was revealed. The first surah in which was sajda tilawa. And it is this surah. The surah begins with the mention of the falling star. The star with all its might, its size, its grandeur in the sky, what happens by the end of the night? It falls. And such should be our state also, that before Allah we must fall in prostration, in humility and submission. We see that there is a connection between how surahs end and the following surahs begin. The previous surah, surat, which surah was it? Surah At-Tur. It ends with وَإِدْبَارًا nujum That glorify and worship Allah, do His tasbih at what time? At several times. And one of them is idbar al-nujum, at the time when the stars retreat, meaning when they go away, which is at the end of the night. And this surah begins with what? Wan-najmi idha hawa. By the falling of the star. So let's look at the surah. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Wan-najmi by the star. إِذَا هَوَى When it descends. وَالنَّجْمِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes an oath over here by najm, star. Najm is well known in the Arabic language. It means star. And which star is this? Some have suggested that it refers to a particular star. But when you hear the word najm, when you hear the word star, you understand it to be star. Whatever star that it may be. The star which is in the sky which is visible to people. So this is why it is safest to say that an-najm refers to all stars or any star, star that is in the sky. وَالنَّجْمِ إِذَا هَوَى Hawa from the root letters ha, waw, ya. Hawa yahwi is to fall down from above, to sink, to drop. 
when something comes down from a height. So, إِذَا hawa, the falling of the star, refers to the setting of the star. Meaning, when it sets at the end of the night, as the day approaches, and the star disappears. وَالنَّجْمِ إِذَا hawa. What is the response of the oath? What is being established through this oath? Allah says, مَا not ضَلَّ He has strayed. Who? صَاحِبُكُمْ Your companion. وَمَا غَوَى Nor has he erred. O people, O people of Mecca, O human beings, O Arabs, your companion, meaning Muhammad wasallam, has neither gone astray, nor is he in error. Then he is upon guidance, and he is not at fault. Notice the word that is used for the Prophet ﷺ over here. And what is that? Sahibukum, your companion. Sahib is from suhba. Suhba, companionship. It is basically to spend a long time with someone. Someone whom you've met for the first time, you don't call them your friend. You may call them your acquaintance. And eventually after several meetings, after having spent a long time with them, you can call them your friend. Right? So the Prophet ﷺ is called their sahib. Why? Because he lived amongst them for his entire life. Forty years of his life, he lived amongst them before he received prophethood. In the same time period, in the same place, same zaman and same makan. So it is as if the people of Mecca are being told that you know this man. He is your companion. He's one of you. He's your friend. How could you not know him? How is it that yesterday you called him As-Sadiq, Al-Ameen, and today you call him Kathib and Majnoon? Yesterday you praised him for his truthfulness, his honesty, his trustworthiness, and today you accuse him of lying. How is that possible? You know your people, you know your friends, you know your companions. And secondly, the word sahib has been used to make them realize that Muhammad ﷺ was their companion, someone who deserved their support and not their opposition. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala establishes the truthfulness of the Messenger ﷺ by saying that ma dalla, he has not gone astray, and wama gawa, nor is he in error. Dalla from dalal. Dalal is misguidance. It's the opposite of hidayah. And basically dalal, misguidance, is to go astray a little or a lot. Deliberately or mistakenly. Out of ignorance or out of forgetfulness. And ghawa, ghay, is basically error with knowledge. Meaning when a person is doing something wrong despite knowledge. Basically the word ghay is used for the inability to, to digest milk. Think of an infant. Alright? An infant is supposed to drink its mother's milk. Right? The best nutrition for the infant is what? The mother's milk. But sometimes what happens is that a child is unable to digest milk. The mother's milk. Something that is meant to become a part of his body is being rejected by the body. Something that's supposed to make him grow and make him strong is being rejected by the body. This is ghay, that a person has knowledge which is meant to improve him and make him better and cure him. 
But despite that knowledge, with that knowledge, he is still upon falsehood. He is still doing something wrong. Allah says that your companion Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam is neither astray, meaning he's not ignorant, وَمَا غَوَى Nor is he upon falsehood. Nor is he in error, upon falsehood. Now you see over here that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes an oath by the falling star. It's setting and disappearing from the horizon at the end of the night as the day approaches. Because this is indeed a great ayah from the ayat of Allah. It's a great miracle. It's a great sign. So because it's a great sign, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes an oath by it. The response to the oath is what? That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is establishing the truthfulness of the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. What's the connection over here? Between the falling star and the truthfulness of the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. You see, Allah has placed stars in the sky for a purpose, for a reason. What is that purpose? We learn about three reasons why Allah has placed stars in the sky. One reason is beautification. Right? وَلَقَدْ زَيَّنَّ السَّمَاءَ الدُّنْيَا بِمَصَابِيحِ Beautification. Another reason is guidance. وَبِالنَّجْمِهُمْ يَهْتَدُونَ By the stars, they find their way. And the third reason is, the third purpose is protection against shayateen. Right? رُجُومًا shayateen, Protection against the devils. This is what the stars do in the sky. Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has also placed real, all stars, original stars on earth. And who are they? The messengers whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent. And the messengers were just like stars in the sense that they were first of all an exhibition of beautification. They exhibited beauty. What beauty? Human beauty. That what is the perfection of human beauty when it comes to the beautification of character, when it comes to human perfection, when it comes to worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala perfectly and beautifully. Who represented that? Who showed that? Who exhibited that? It was the prophets of Allah. They were an embodiment of beauty. Secondly, the prophets of Allah were also sent for the purpose of guidance. Guidance, instruction. Because if you think about it, there are two types of knowledge that we have. One is knowledge that we learn through revelation, meaning that which Allah has sent through His messengers. And the other is knowledge that we gain by our observation. Correct? Now we know as human beings that we should be humble. In that, it's quite possible that we observe something, but we have gotten it completely wrong. Isn't it so? We study something, we look at something, and we realize many years later that we got it all wrong. We understood it all wrong. Our understanding could be faulty. The knowledge that we gain by observation could be faulty. But the knowledge that we receive through prophets, through revelation, then what is it? لا ريب فيه There is no doubt in it. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent prophets for the purpose of guidance. And thirdly, the third purpose is protection against misguidance. Because in this world, there are so many forces 
all the time leading us astray. Whether it is our own desires or it is shaitan or it is the types of you know, waswas that people spread or the falsehood that they spread. So how do you fortify your faith in Allah? Through what? Through the teachings of the prophets. So prophetic instruction, what is it? It is guiding light. Just as a person in the night, in the dark, when he's outside, the stars are a source of guidance and comfort. Likewise, in this dark world, prophetic instruction is a source of guidance and comfort. Without it, mankind would be in pure darkness. So Allah takes an oath by the star over here. And He establishes the truthfulness of the Prophet ﷺ that مَا ضَلَّ صَاحِبُكُمْ وَمَا غَوَى وَمَا أَنَّعْتْ يَنْطِقُ He speaks عَنِ الْهَوَى from هَوَى يَنْطِقُ نُطْق نُطْق is speech. Meaning when the Prophet ﷺ says something, when he speaks, then realize that he is not talking from his own accord. It is not based on his hawa. Hawa means desire. Alright, this is the noun, hawa, al-hawa. It means desire. Earlier we learned hawa, the verb hawa. It fell, it sank. Alright? Al-hawa, the noun, it refers to desire. Why? Because when a person follows his desire, then what happens? He falls. Isn't it? Many times we fall before our desires in the sense that we feel so weak that we're not able to resist certain urges. Right? Certain appetite. We're not able to stay strong. We fall before it. And when we fall before it, then we fall. We degrade ourselves. So this is hawa. This is human desire. Allah says that the Messenger wasallam does not speak from his own inclination. Meaning what he conveys to you, what he recites before you, what he teaches you is not of his own accord. Then what is it? Allah says, in huwa, in not, huwa it, illa except wahyun, revelation. It is only revelation that is yuha, that is revealed. Meaning when he recites before you, he's not making things up. He's not saying whatever he wishes. He is only conveying what was revealed to him. What was delivered to him. Therefore, he is not in error and he is not at fault. He is not misguided. Rather, he is upon the truth and he guides to the truth. As Allah says in Surah Yasin, Yasin wal Quran al Hakim, Inna kalamin al Mursalin, Ala, Ala, Siratim Mustaqim. You are upon the straight path. Now in this ayah, what do we see? That the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, when he spoke, he did not speak from his own inclination. When we speak, what happens? Our desires they come in. We are angry at someone. Right? Or we have a bias against someone. Or we don't like someone. And when we're talking to them, those words or somehow those feelings are hinted. They come into our speech. Right? But the Prophet ﷺ, his speech was free from hawa. It was based upon what? Wahi. 
the speech of the Prophet ﷺ, we can categorize it into three categories. The first one was the recitation of the Qur'an. Right? That's of course Allah's speech, which the Prophet ﷺ delivered. He recited it, and by his recitation, he delivered it. The second is his explanation of the Qur'an, the hikmah, the sunnah. As Allah says in Surah An-Nahl, ayah 44, that وَأَنزَلْنَا إِلَيْكَ الذِّكْرَ لِتُبَيِّنَ لِلنَّاسِ مَا نُزِّلَ إِلَيْهِمْ That we have revealed the message to you so that you explain to people, you clarify to people what was revealed, what was sent to them. The third category could be understood as his ijtihad, his reasoning. Right? Like for instance, people would come and ask him questions. And he would answer them based on his understanding, on his reasoning, not on his desire. Right? What happens with us is that we say what we feel like. We will advise what we feel like, what makes sense to us. But the Prophet ﷺ, he used ijtihad, not hawa. Correct? Like for example, we learned that once a woman came to the Prophet ﷺ, in fact many women came to the Prophet ﷺ and complained to him about their situations. Many people did. And the Prophet ﷺ would give them solutions. He would give them answers. And those answers were based on his understanding. Now if ever that answer was something that Allah did not approve of, then what would happen? the Prophet ﷺ would be corrected. Like for instance, a woman came and she said, my husband hit me. And the Prophet ﷺ, he said, okay. He reasoned that qisas is the ruling that Allah has given, that if someone has hurt someone, then the punishment is that they be hurt in the exact same way. Right? So based on that, the Prophet ﷺ said that, okay, you go hit him back. This is qisas. All right? This was the Prophet ﷺ's reasoning. And it makes perfect sense. Because you see, he didn't use his hawa. Because if you think about it, that society, it was very patriarchal. And if the Prophet ﷺ was using his hawa, then as a man he would say, accept it. Right? You must be at fault. But he used his reasoning over here. Her husband physically assaulted her. Then... He deserves the same in return. But what happened? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala corrected him that no, not here. Why? Because if she would hit him, would that solve a problem? What would happen? He would hit her more. She would hit him more. And then he would hit her more. And by the end, both would be dead. Right? So this is not the solution. The point here is that the Prophet ﷺ did not speak based on his hawa. And Allah is saying that, that وَمَا يَنْطِقُ عَنِ الْهَوَى The Prophet ﷺ was sadiq, he was truthful. Masduq, the one whose truthfulness is confirmed. Allah testifies to his truthfulness. So, O oh people, trust the words of your messenger. Where did he get this revelation from? If he does not speak from his own desire, where did he get this from? Allah says, عَلَّمَهُ he taught him. Who taught him? Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Someone who is shadidul quwa. Someone who is intense in all strengths. In all of his strengths. And who is that? Jibreel. Because Allah sent angel Jibreel to convey the Quran to him. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam.
And Jibreel is described over here as Shadeedul Quwa. Shadeed, intense, in Al-Quwa. Quwa is the plural of Quwa. Quwa, strength, power, force, ability within someone. So in various strengths, Jibreel was Shadeed or is Shadeed. Shadeed Al-Quwa. In all his strengths and abilities, Jibreel is intense, Shadeed. And Quwa, remember, it can be Quwa Zahira and Quwa Batina. Quwa Zahira, meaning apparent or physical, you could say, physical strength and ability. So Jibreel, very strong in that. And Batina, that is hidden, internal or intangible. Even in that, Jibreel is very strong. What kind of strengths does Jibreel possess? Many. Firstly, the strength of worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with humility and love and fear. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said that on the night of Mi'raj, he said that he saw Jibreel and Jibreel looked like a worn mat from his fear of Allah. We all know how huge Angel Jibreel is, right? 600 wings. When the Prophet ﷺ saw him, Jibreel covered the entire horizon. But still, when Jibreel was high up in the heavens, what happened? As he drew closer and closer, nearer and nearer to Allah, with the fear of Allah, he looked like a worn mat. Then we see Jibreel also possessed the strength of obedience. Or he possesses the strength of obedience that no matter what command Allah gives to Jibreel, Jibreel executes it. He carries it out. Allah ordered Jibreel to bring about the punishment on the people of Lut salam, And look at the strength with which Jibreel brought that punishment upon them. As Allah praises His angels in the Quran, that لا يعصون الله ما أمرهم They do not disobey Allah in regards to what He orders them. So another strength that Jibreel possesses is the strength of obedience to Allah. No matter what command Allah gives Jibreel, Jibreel carries it out. He implements it without hesitation and without any weakness. Then we see the strength of character, his honesty. That Allah entrusted Jibreel with wahi, with revelation. Allah Order Jibreel to take the Quran to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Now this is no ordinary task. But Allah gave it to Jibreel because Jibreel has the strength of honesty, trustworthiness, and Allah praises him in the Quran in Surah Al-Shu'ara, Ayah 192. The trustworthy spirit, that is Jibreel. Then we see another strength that Jibreel has been given is his status amongst other angels. That how he is obeyed by the other angels. We learn for instance in the Quran, Allah says that Jibreel is the quwwatin inda dhil arshi makin muta'in. Muta'in, one who is obeyed. This is mentioned in Surah Al-Takweer. That how Jibreel is obeyed by the rest of the angels. Another strength is of course his physical strength and physical power. The Prophet ﷺ, he said 
that on Isra, the night journey, when we reached Baytul Maqdis, Jibreel pointed with his finger, causing the rock to crack. Alright, he pointed to a rock with his finger, and what happened? The rock, it cracked. And then, Jibreel tied the burak to it, the rock. So imagine the strength that he possesses. We also learn about how when Hajar was with her baby Ismail, and she was looking for water, and then finally when she came to her baby, what did she find over there? An angel striking the earth with his heel. Or wing. And who was this? Jibreel. Who struck the sand, the earth, how? Either with his heel or with his wing. And what happened? Water gushed out. The water of Zamzam gushed out. So, عَلَّمَهُ شَدِيدُ quwa The Qur'an was delivered to the Prophet ﷺ by who? By the angel who is intense in all of his strengths. So the angel sent with the Qur'an was endowed with strength. And the prophet to whom this Qur'an was delivered was also endowed with great strength. And if we want to be the recipients of the Qur'an, the carriers of the Qur'an, the people of Qur'an, then should we have some strength also? Should we develop some strength in ourselves also? We must. It is necessary. In order to learn the Qur'an, one must gather all of his strength together. We might feel that we are weak. But you know what? If you try to do something and you give it your very best, then your strengths, what happens? They improve. Your abilities, they sharpen. You know, the brain, how is it? It is such that it can change in the sense that it's possible that the brain is not used to doing certain things, right? Those pathways are not there. But then eventually with practice, what happens? With repetition, what happens? You can train your brain. You can train your brain. So in order to learn the Qur'an, in order to carry the Qur'an, in order to understand the Qur'an, we must exhibit some strength. We must gather all of our strength. The angel sent with the Qur'an was strong. The messenger to whom the Qur'an was given was strong. And if we want to receive the Qur'an, we must also be strong. This angel, Allah says, ذو مِرَّةٍ Another description of angel Jibreel. ذو مِرَّةٍ ذو possessor of مِرَّةٍ Soundness. Mirra from the root letter is ميم Mirra means قوة Strength. And we might feel that this is, you know, redundant or repetitive over here, but mirrah is different from quwa. Marir, from the same root, marir is used for a rope that is firmly twisted. Right? Firmly twisted. Meaning it's not gonna break easily, it's not gonna snap. It's firmly twisted. So, mirrah is used for the strength of make. Meaning when something is made strong, it's built strong. So it's not weak, it's not deficient. Alright? And if you think about it, something is beautiful, meaning truly beautiful when it's made strong. Isn't it? When it's built strong. Because when something is made of cheap material, and it's not put together well, 
then what happens? You can see all the gaps, you can see all the weaknesses, and it's just not beautiful. Beauty is with strength, isn't it? And weakness is a kind of ugliness, meaning it is what smears a person does not make him look beautiful. And not just person, but even things. So, ذُو مِرَّةٍ Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu said that ذُو مِرَّةٍ means one whose appearance is beautiful. So not just شديد القوة, Jibreel is not just strong and mighty in his power and ability, but he is also beautiful in his appearance. Qatada said, ذُو مِرَّةٍ is one whose form, whose physique is tall and beautiful. ذُو مِرَّةٍ And Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu anhu, he said that the Prophet ﷺ saw Jibreel in his true form. And Jibreel had 600 wings, each of which filled the horizon. And there were multicolored pearls and rubies falling from his wings. Allahu a'lam what that was, but this is how the Prophet ﷺ described it. This is a hadith in Musnad Ahmad. The Prophet ﷺ also said he saw Jibreel wearing silk-like clothes. And his feet appeared to be like pearls or like water drops. Just imagine how delicate and beautiful Jibreel is. Look at the words that the Prophet ﷺ is using to describe the appearance of Jibreel. So, ذُو مِرَّةٍ فَاسْتَوَى And remember that ذُو مِرَّةٍ, it also refers to the strength of intellect and mind. So it's not just physical strength or the strength of make, meaning how strong something is made, how strongly built it is, but it also gives the meaning of beauty as well as strength of intellect and sound judgment. So ذُو مِرَّةٍ فَاسْتَوَى فَاسْتَوَى He rose or he appeared in full. Istawa yastawi. What's the meaning of this word? What's the meaning? Hmm? Okay. To rise, like for example, we learn Ar-Rahmanu ala al-Arshis Dawa. Right? That he rose on the throne. Okay? That's one meaning. Another meaning is to become equal, to become balanced. Right? That is the waitum. When you have settled, when you have become stable on your animals, and then you say, Subhanallah, sakhara lana. Right? So the word is used in that context also. So, depending on what word is being used with istawa, the meaning slightly changes. When it's used with ala, it gives a certain meaning. When it's used with ila, it gives another meaning. Right? But you see over here, fastawa is used on its own. Isn't it? So fastawa, istawa, when it comes on its own, then it gives the meaning of kamal, of perfection. Completion and perfection. As Allah says about Musa alayhi salam in Surah Qasas, that وَلَمَّا بَلَغَ أَشُدَّهُ وَاسْتَوَى Alright? When he reached his ashud and istawa, he became complete. Complete in his bodily strength, emotional strength, mental strength, in his skills. Alright? So fastawa, here it means that Jibreel appeared before the Prophet in his true, complete form. ذو مِرَّةٍ One of soundness. فَاسْتَوَى Then he appeared in his true, complete form. Before who? Before who? Before the Prophet 
sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Because you see, typically, or usually, when angels are sent to people, they come in the form of human beings. Isn't it? We see that even to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Jibreel came in the form of a human being. There is a beautiful hadith in which Umar anhu he said that once they were sitting with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when a man came, his clothes intensely white, his hair intensely black, and no sign of travel were visible on him. All right, And this man, no one recognized. This man, he came and he sat right in front of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. All right? And then he asked the Prophet ﷺ, what is Islam, Iman, Ihsan? When is the hour going to be? What are its signs? Alright? And then after that, the man, he said, every time the Prophet ﷺ gave an answer, he said, you have spoken the truth. You are right. You are right. So the Sahaba wondered that who is this man? He asks, and when the Prophet ﷺ gives an answer, he approves of it. So why is he asking if he already knew? And then the man got up and he left. And the Sahaba, some of them, they got up and they followed and they couldn't find him anywhere. And the Prophet ﷺ asked them, do you know who it was? They said, no. He said, it was Jibreel who came to teach you your religion. Right? So we see that Jibreel came in the form of a human being. But here Allah says, Fastawa. He also appeared before the Prophet ﷺ in his complete and full form. Wahua, While he was. Bil ufuqil a'la. Bil ufuqi, in the horizon. Ufuq, Hamza Faqaf is used for horizon, or you could say the point where the sky and the earth appear to meet, in the distance. Right? So, wahua bil ufuq. He was in the horizon before the Prophet ﷺ, but which part of the horizon? Al-a'la, the higher, the highest part of the horizon. So the Prophet ﷺ saw Jibreel like we see the sun in the sky. Just with the difference. When we see the sun in the sky, it appears to be a very small circle. But Jibreel, when the Prophet ﷺ saw him, Jibreel covered the entire horizon. And when the Prophet ﷺ saw Jibreel in the horizon, in Jibreel's complete and full form, what did Jibreel do? Summa then dana. He approached. He drew near. Jibreel drew near to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Dana from dunu, dal nun wow. Dunya from the same root. Dana, he drew near. Qaruba. Fatadalla. And then he descended. Tadalla. From dalu, dal lam wow. Dal is used for a water bucket. And a water bucket, Right, which is used to draw water out of a well, it is dropped into the well. It is lowered into the well. Correct? So this is tadalla. That when something draws near with ease, firstly, just as the water bucket, you just let it down and it goes so easily. Right? And specifically, tadalla, when something descends. So the angel Jibreel, high up in the horizon, drew near to the Prophet ﷺ, and then descended. And then he came even close to the Prophet ﷺ. Allah says, فَكَانَ So he was, meaning Jibreel was. How close to him? 
قَابَ قَوْسَيْنِ He was at a distance of two bow lengths. أَوْ أَدْنَا Or even nearer. He was at a distance of قَابَ قَوْسَيْنِ Alright? Of two bow lengths. قَابَ قَاب قَاف وَاوْبَا قَابَ is used for the portion of a bow that is between the part that is grasped by the hand and the curved extremity. So a bow, think of it as a D. Okay? A D. Alright? So the straight line is the string. Okay? And the curve, the center of it, is the place where the archer will hold the bow from. Okay? So from the point where you hold the bow to the end, end, so the middle of the curve, all right, until the two ends, one side of it is called qab. So every bow has how many qabs? Two qabs. Get it? It's equal length. All right? Others say that qab refers to the distance between the string and the part that is grasped by the hand. So basically it's the same thing, just reverse. Okay, depending on where you're looking at it from. So basically it's, if you take the bowl, remove the string, just the bowl, half of it is the place where you hold it from. Midpoint. Correct? So from that midpoint to the edge, to the end, that is one qab. So every bowl has two qabs. Alright? So Allah says, that the angel was qaba at a distance of qawsain. Qawsain, dual of the word qaws. And qaws is a bow. Bow and arrow? So the bow. Alright? Now, think of it this way. A distance of two bow lengths. Okay? It's like one forearm. Right? Or two forearms. Alright? So this is what Ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu said that between Jibreel and the Prophet ﷺ was the distance of dhira'ain, two arm lengths. Or Allah says, أَوْ adna, adna even closer, even nearer. Meaning less than two arm lengths. Less than two arm lengths. What does it mean then? That Jibreel was right in front of the Prophet ﷺ. Just as he came and sat, Right in front of the Prophet ﷺ in the hadith that I mentioned to you. The hadith of Ihsan, Iman, Islam. Right? So Jibreel came and said, face to face. He was face to face with the Prophet ﷺ. Why? In order to convey the Qur'an to him. So that the Prophet ﷺ directly received the Qur'an from Jibreel. He directly learned it from Jibreel. There was nothing else no one else in the middle. It was direct learning. And this has been mentioned over here to show how the Qur'an was perfectly conveyed to the Prophet ﷺ. If someone is talking to you from a distance, all right, you're in one end of the room and they're at the other end of the room. There's a huge space between the two of you. But if someone comes right in front of you, face to face, and then they tell you, Could you get it wrong? Could you misunderstand? Could you miss something out? No, you couldn't. So why is this description given over here? To show, because Allah says, عَلَّمَهُ شَدِيدُ الْقُوَىٰ 
Jibreel taught the Qur'an to the Prophet ﷺ. How did he teach him? What was the manner like? Were there any faults, any mistakes in that? No, there weren't any faults. No mistakes. Because Jibreel came face to face with Rasulullah ﷺ. And then he conveyed, فَأَوْحَى So he revealed, إِلَىٰ عَبْدِهِ To his servant, مَا أَوْحَى That which he revealed. Meaning, Allah revealed to his servant Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and it's understood through Jibreel, because that is how Allah sent wahi to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, right? So Allah revealed to his servant Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and here you could put in brackets through Jibreel. What did he reveal to him? Ma awha, that which he revealed. This is a very beautiful style. Ma awha, and we will see this. Repeated in the surah, this style, right? To show the great status and the enormity. So ma awha, it doesn't need to be mentioned. You know exactly what it is. It is the Quran that Allah revealed to Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam through Jibril. Let's listen to the recitation. وَالنَّجْمِ إِذَا هَوَى مَا ضَلَّ صَاحِبُكُمْ وَمَا غَوَى وَمَا يَنطِقُ عَنِ الْهَوَى إِنْ هُوَ إِلَّا وَحْيٌ يُوحَى عَلَّمَهُ شَدِيدُ الْقُوَى ذُو مِرَّةٍ فَاسْتَوَى وَهُوَ بِالْأُفُقِ الْأَعْلَى ثم دنا فتدلى فكان قاب قوسين او ادنى فاوحى الى عبده ما اوحى